Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody always asks why, I'm here to ask, why not? I'll be breaking down the mindsets of guests as well as my own in a bit to find out what makes people say, why not? Hi, my name's Chrissy. I'm a personal trainer, gym enthusiast, and part-time equestrian. My goal here is to help people feel better about themselves by helping them strengthen their mindset and their body image. And I want them to be able to do things that they never thought they could believe possible. So if that sounds like something you want to do, I want to help you. Welcome everyone back to the Why Not podcast with me, Chrissy. Today we have another guest. We have Keen O'Brien from KFS Fitness. We're going to get him to describe what KFS is in a minute. So Kean is an online coach and has been since before it was cool, he tells me. He has been on a tropical island in the Philippines until the pandemic hit, which brought him home to lovely Carlo. And I'm pretty sure he prefers Carlo to the tropical islands. We personally met when we were in university, long before I was even a coach. Uh, but he was on the road to the Hanafelt and fitness industry back then as well. So... I'm going to get Keen to explain all about KFS and himself. Podcast, Keen. Thanks for having me, Chrissy. How are you today? Not too bad. It's a little bit chillier than what I've been, what I what I what I what I've grown to be accustomed to. I have you climatized yet? Yeah, I have. But like, I'm I find myself getting like, um, getting quite angry at the weather, like shouting at the sky shouting at why it's wet why is it wet why is it so cold oh my god it's so cold here how did I survive my life so long in such a cold climate and it's like is this what the arctic feels like you blocked it all out when you were in the Philippines yeah like I used to get like when I would jump into the water in the mornings to surf I would have this apprehension about getting into the water because you know what it's like in Ireland that's really cold it's like you yeah. go to the 40 foot and you're kind of afraid to get in you know it's going to be freezing cold I'd have that same like crisis in my head every single morning getting into this water and I'd be like I take a few deep breaths I jump in and I'd expect it to be cold and it wasn't even refreshing so that was like it was a double disappointment it was I was happy that it wasn't cold but I wasn't happy that it wasn't even refreshing it was that hot the water Tell me all about KFS and what you do and all about Kean. Oh, all about me. I don't think uh, <laughs> I have a podcast that's long enough for that one. I'm trying to figure <laughs> that out. But KFS stands for Keep It Fucking Simple. Sorry if I ruined your, P, your PG-rated podcast by just the name of it. I but curse all the time, don't worry. <laughs> KFS came into being because I was quite frustrated with the fitness industry and even some of the stuff that I was learning in education but when it came to the application of that knowledge I was like does that really make sense it's like here's some really complicated see I can understand being there but that to me sounds like heaven right now oh like it is heaven and looking back you only really realize yeah what you had when it's gone yeah that's very true periodization schemes here's how to like periodize your training or plan your training over a year or over a four-year period and i'm just thinking hmm but these guys can't squat 
we're talking about how to plan someone's squat cycle or someone's squat over a course of four weeks or eight weeks or a year, but they can't squat. So does that really matter? And I realize that things are a lot more simple and that's kind of where KFS came to be. I was coaching in person and I realized that there's too many limitations with in-person. I think you're constrained by uh, how things were all, have always been done and the client doesn't get what they need, but also you really don't get what you need. And it's a really short, short span or a short lifespan. I think, no, I think you're right. There is a lot of people who come into the fitness industry and are gone in a while. And part of it is because of what you said. And I think also part of it is because they don't understand how difficult it's going to be. Yeah, well, 100%. Like I remember being on the gym floor and when I was coaching in person, I was thinking, are these people getting what they need not what they think they need or want like oh i really want a, a hard workout like in that moment that's what they think they need and maybe that is actually what they need in that moment but there's no real long-term thinking there and it's a group of people so like like it was a crossfit gym so there's 20 people in the room i'm just thinking to myself does this mother of two who's in her mid to late 30s really need the same training as this guy who was in his early 20s and has like zero cares in the world uh and wants to like basically fuck shit up with his training it's like he wants to go as hard as he possibly can don't really think it's appropriate that we give them the exact same training session and that kind of goes across every if you think about spin classes here it's like all right we're just going to go really hard now or baritone or whatever it may be i don't think that that really worked for the client so i was trying to think about it like like the medical model or pharma the pharmacological model where we think about the thought the type of thing that's needed um so the type of drug so you're not going to give an anti antibiotic uh to as as a painkiller for example or something like that um yeah. you're not going to use insulin as a as a painkiller so then you've got the dose. So like, is the dose enough? Is it enough to be therapeutic, but not too much that it's toxic? And uh, then you've got like the half-life of that uh, drug. So if the drug has a half-life of 12 hours, it means it's out of your system in 24 hours. Does that mean you have to take that drug every day? So the same thing with training. How long does the effects of that training session last? And it's probably different depending on the level of the person. So if you take... Uh, strongman who can deadlift i don't know 400 kilos he's probably not gonna have to deadlift that frequently whereas if we're just learning and we can only deadlift 40 kilos like 10 percent of that we can probably deadlift a lot more frequently and we can continue to get positive effects from it then you have things like contraindications to it or um interaction effects of different medications the same thing with training so is all of that field sports are all those field sports making it more difficult for this person to sit into the bottom of a back squat would it be more appropriate for them to do a reverse lunge versus a back squat i was thinking that i don't know if there's another way to do it unless it's individualized so that was a bit bit from the client's perspective i thought i didn't think it could work financially for the client as well because if you're to really value your time and the work that goes into each session for a person. So let's say we have 
on the individualization with the individualization there's going to be work before and after that session and you're probably going to have, that client is probably going to need access to you in between sessions you're like yeah. to work on something or if we use a fat loss example it's not the training it's her nutrition and lifestyle so they need access to you so let's let's say we give them three sessions a week for a month that works out at 13 sessions uh, and let's say it's 50 euro a session I don't really know many people who can spend 650 euro on a one-on-one coaching every single month. And then for the professional us, it doesn't really make sense either. How many days a week do you work, Chrissy? <laughs> six. All right. So you work six days a week. Do you do split shifts? I do. Is your income like set every month? Do you know exactly how much money you're taking in each month? Um, to a certain point. To a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously need to train on top of that as well, do you? For me, yes. Do you get do you get to, to train in the time that you are paid to work? No, but that's because all I do now is either uh, coaching classes or coaching PT. So coaching. I'm my I might be there for four hours in the morning, but if I had an hour in between, I could I could there's no problem with me training there because I'm I'm not on the clock, but also it's just the way how it works. Yeah, so if you're not on the clock, like then as well, it's even though that's kind of part of your job to kind of stay in shape and make sure you're kind of your game day ready, whatever way you want to call it. Like the demands as a fitness professional lead it not to be like a real career. Like it's impossible to do that long term. Like, do you know anybody who can work six days a week, split shifts with income that doesn't really change that much year to year and still have a life, like have that. Uh, be able to afford a mortgage be able to get everything you really want out of life and I think like coaching is so important I think physical fitness just allows you live the life that you want to have without it you're kind of fucked like you can't you can't sit on the toilet when you're older like my granny you can't get up and walk if you think about it in terms of your your sport so if you play a sport if you're stronger and can move through large ranges of motion with large loads you might be more prepared to play that sport. You might be able to move furniture a bit more easily. You might be able to do some gardening. Uh, you might be able to take to something like bouldering at the drop of a hat. Hey, Chrissy, you want to go climbing? Um, you can have better sex. You can look better. Um, you can like All this stuff is like really important for people. And to say it's not is just disingenuous. So I think it's very important, but I don't think the fitness industry is set up in a way to actually allow people to provide a service that makes sense for the client and then for the professional as well. I think the needs of the client needs to supersede the needs of the fitness professional in a, to a certain degree, because once yeah. the service is there, it will survive. People will start to re- recognize the value it provides because you see that that's life changing. Like yeah. those. I don't think as well though those all the things that people should list higher on their priorities for fitness like stuff like that like you know moving easily doing some gardening without being in pain things like that do you think like I don't think people actually value that as much as the looking good part yeah they don't like I I, it's a tough one people will say it matters to them but when you look at their behaviors and like if you were to look at somebody's behaviors and ask, ask somebody 
who is completely objective and knows nothing about that person and you were to match the behaviors to what that person said was important you would find a complete mismatch you know, it's yeah chrissy says fitness is important to her chrissy's uh but chrissy eats mcdonald's three times a day sleeps four hours a night and binge drinks and takes loads of drugs in the weekends so we see That's her tell people that we see we see chrissy's behaviors and we see what chrissy says <laughs> health and fitness is important and valuable to me and spends all her money yeah. on on the rest of her money on clothes and other things whatever it may be um you wouldn't people say that people say stuff like that i know that's a massive massive uh, massive exaggeration but i don't think people are very much aware i think it's the biggest debt we have if we are a uh, debt of self-awareness I, I know you said that as an exaggeration but you do think about it like if you how many times have you had a consultation with someone and you've been talking to me going okay well this is how much it's going to cost and they'll be like oh god i'm not sure that's very expensive but they'll go out and drop 100 quid in a night out and not even think about it and all they have is a sore head and the fear the next day. And like a hundred euro for a night out is a bargain as well these days. Yeah. If you're going out every single, if you're going out every single week, spend if let's just say you spend a hundred euro a week on we'll call them frivolous expenses. That's four hundred and thirty euro a, a month. It's five and a half, five five thousand two hundred euro every year. You'd probably feel a lot better about everything if you spent that 5,200 euro on yourself and on things that actually improved your life, not like in the moment, not in the moment at all. So we're talking about uh, membership to a rock climbing gym, something along those lines. Um, yeah. And nowadays when I'm looking at coaching for myself, I usually have a coach, but because of a few different reasons right now, I don't have a coach. Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking to get a coach, it's going to cost me probably minimum 200 euro a month probably more three to 400 euro a month i would say to get a coach to get the level yeah. of care that i would want and it's i know most people won't pay that and i'm okay with it there are ways about that but it's very it's a difficult thing to show the value because the market will always dictate the price like you can't just yeah. say it's a thousand euro thousand euro a month and some people will pay that for PT. People have paid it. I've seen people pay a thousand euro a month for PT, but it's not. It's it's the it's the reserve of the very 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 rich. You can't do that. Yeah. But you say that's why so many people are in classes, and you know all the because it's always cheaper to do that. And that way, you're kind of, in a sense, you are invested in your health, but it's, you know, you can still go out on the piss every weekend i think there's a lot of layers uh, i think yes i think it's, uh i think part of it is a uh, yes i've thrown some money at this so i've tried to address it i think there's another thing there about that uh the limitations that are on the fitness industry in terms of like how much how much you can charge per like individual client like if you're to do it in uh, in an individualized basis or a small group basis you need to make it more generalized so more people can come in or you won't be able to keep the lights on like all yeah. of the demand all of the costs associated with having a brick and mortar business people just don't consider them and the other thing is the fitness industry nowadays sells us on things that people think they need not what they actually need because what they need is boring stuff they yeah. don't need 
they don't need the latest and greatest squat program or they don't need to track everything to weigh measure and track every single uh, gram of protein carbs and fats um, they eat each and every week uh, they need to have better prioritization need to be more self-aware uh, need better planning like when are you going to do your training sessions oh but i need to yeah. be motivated hashtag motivated that's bullshit like you're not going to be motivated to go to work every day you're not going to be motivated to brush your teeth but you're going to be happy you did it yeah i'm sure if you go to work they pay you exactly and that's you'll never you i don't know if you ever really regret it that much going into work even when you're working a job you don't really like um, or maybe you're just in a company you don't really like, you will go in and by the end of the month, you get something out of it that's very much tangible. Um, I think that's another problem that a lot of people don't really get the results and they don't get the results because the product has been made for everybody. So it can't be for, because uh, then it's really for nobody. So yeah. people are stuck in that sense. I can't see how classes can really work it's just it's a tough it's such a tough one because that's what people think fitness is as well they don't know what a coach is they don't know what a personal trainer is they don't really know like it's open to interpretation are you a coach if you do classes are you a coach if you work in a commercial gym what are the there there is very few levels oh i'm a level four pt or whatever it may be people don't know that people don't really care um I've got this degree. People don't care. Can you help people? Can you actually do it? Um, I'm rambling now. So no, no, no. You're no. You're, like it's true though. Like you can say, oh yeah, I got a distinction on my level four PT, and people are like, all right, but can you teach me how to do this? And can you help me lose weight? Yeah. If and you then, do that, I don't care if you passed and your levels 0.7. <laughs> you know. Some of the people I've learned the most off probably don't even have. They don't have qualifications or they're not even in the field. Like I don't really read that many training books or nutrition books at all. I read like read books, atomic habits, um, hyper-focus. Well, some of the things I read, I get them. I'm like, that's fitness. Everything I read, I'm like, that's fitness. That's fitness. Everything's the same. Um, it's so, so there's so many different problems <laughs> in the industry. I could, I could, uh, sit here and talk all day but I don't want to just talk about the problems because I don't know if that really helps and I don't want to come across as grumpy as some of my people might think I am I'm not that grumpy. you've already got you've already got that rep you don't want to make it worse yeah I kind of do everyone's like no nah, Keen's just so Keen's so like negative about that I'm just like I'm negative because it doesn't make sense Mam sent me an article about um, chairs and best posture. I'm just like, doesn't matter. I go, 90% of the article is bollocks. That was my message back. <laughs> Didn't hear anything back. So your mom loved that. You can't, we just reduce things. Like you can't think about things in a reductionistic manner. It's like... I, my mother has a habit of doing that as well, sending me. Now, I know she means well, but she'll send me on this one article she read, like, say, for instance, a while ago, it was like, why this physio says tricep dips are bad for you and you should never do them because she doesn't like doing them. You know, so she's like, oh, look at this. Why did you, why did you uh, 
why did you put tricep dips in our program for that class the other day? You shouldn't be doing them. I'm like, mm, there's so many more elements to that. Like she'll cherry pick if she gets information about something, she'll send it on to me because it suits her. But I'm like, okay, then don't worry. I've only been in this industry for four years and working on it. You've done an odd class. That's another big, big issue. People who should know better aren't don't either don't know better or just choose to ignore the facts. Taking exercises, for example, um, and perfect technique and chasing perfect technique. I don't know if it really helps people. Oh, like you can't squat because you can't do this arbitrary movement test that I made up. A certain movement university is like causing a lot of uh, a lot of people to question things, and I just, I'm just yeah. like, really really just doesn't make sense it's like it's not just uh, we're not machines yeah. so we think of our back like our back flexes and extends it's not going to stay perfectly neutral like even if it looks neutral it's probably not neutral yeah. back, back moves through like back squats and deadlifts and rounds big deal you're not going to break you're not made of, you're not made of glass i hope you're not there's also as well like different even say the way your joints or the bones, the way the bones sit into your joints can restrict different things. So people are like, oh, you can't, you can't do that. You can't go say, ask for acid squat. It was like, well, your hips might be designed to do that. Not yeah. everyone's there. And absolute statements never re The only absolute statement I believe in is that absolute statements are bollocks. It's a really good one. Asked grass. Someone sent me a, someone sent me a, a client sent me a post about it from a Gymshark athlete. I was like, ooh. I know this is going to be shit, but I have to look at it. So it said you shouldn't squat ass to grass. And I didn't really need to look at anything else more, any more of that. But I did because I had to, because she sent it to me. I looked at it and I was like, that doesn't really make sense. Why wouldn't you squat ass to grass if you had the ability to squat ass to grass? Yeah. It's not a you shouldn't squat ass to grass. It's like, you, Chrissy, might not. Should Chrissy, you might benefit from squatting ass to grass. Kian, yeah. you would benefit from squatting ass to grass. Moving through the moving through a full range of motion that you're in control of with load is probably one of the safest things. One of not sorry, the safest. One of the most effective things we can do. Yeah. So, come on, people. It's not that difficult. <laughs> That's why you're trying to keep it simple, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, fucking <laughs> like I tell people, I'm fed up of telling people, or not telling you, I'm fed up of giving the answer of doesn't matter. I was like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. The best one, or not the best one, sorry, but one 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 I've had recently was, was lunges. I'm a big fan of lunges. I give people lunges. I do lots of lunges. And um I had given a I had given this client uh lunges with the bar on her front like front rack reverse lunges and she did them with the bar on her back she's like yeah. oh my god i did them with the bar on my back and i was like doesn't matter she's like what it does not matter you did a lunge didn't you it was like you waited heavy yeah you did a lunge that's it what about next week do i do it in the front rack or do it in the back rack back rack doesn't matter it has to matter does that technique look okay yeah, it's grand. Oh, can it be better? Of course it can be better. Oh, then I can't post that on social media. Why can't you? What if so somebody... you're doing back lunges, back rack. 
Yeah, I think it was more so about the technique first. She was like, what if I post this and somebody sees my technique and it's not perfect? Yeah, her knee wasn't going past her toe, was it? I hope it was. Not for those ones. For other <laughs> ones it was. Um, That's the big one, isn't it? Yeah. That's still the, a hot debate. I don't know if there's any any real movements that are bad. I don't know. Maybe yeah. there are. I just don't can't think of them. I do some really batshit crazy movements sitting real bottom of a squat without having to worry about oh am i in a nice or can i maintain my position here machine yeah helps out for that within a week of what i thought was a full tear of my acl i was doing full depth squats uh, with a barbell um heels elevated i was doing lots of stuff that might have looked very suspect to people most of it i didn't share on social media at the time because I knew it was a bit too far. It was too far gone. And I took yeah. risks that I wouldn't take with a client. But again, it was just simple principles. It was like, what range of motion do I have available? Um, a little, not much. And I was like, oh, I'll move through that small range of motion. Uh, what levels of load can I use? And I was like, not very much. And I was like, okay, so I'm just going to use low loads, move through small ranges of motion. And I'll do probably a fuck ton of reps. And I ended up doing a fuck ton of reps. And then Lo and behold, the load got greater, the range of motion got greater, and then the reps eventually started coming down because I hate doing more than three reps, I think. Four reps, maybe five, anything more than oh, five. Really? It's like, ugh, horrible. I think my mind is 12. If any time I go above that, I'm like, I thought mad. I was sick yesterday. I did set of fifteen, uh, four sets of 15 squats. And it was just, I feel five sets of 15 uh, pendulum squats. And I was oh, like, that's why you want, didn't matter how many for the pendulum squats. I feel like I'm going to get sick. I don't know why they're in my program, but they're in my program. I know I need to move through a full range of motion. And that's a great example of a machine being probably way more effective than a barbell because I can get into like full knee flexion, full hip flexion. The whole machine, uh, machine barbell debate. Oh, questions that shouldn't be asked. One-legged squats yeah. versus two-legged squats. High carb, low carb. I just, I just don't. Carbs. Remember that they're 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 illegal. They make you fat. If you look at carbs wrong, you get fat. And if you eat after a certain time at night, and some of this stuff isn't like, uh, I heard, uh, I read my friend's who's also a coach Facebook status, and he spoke about some of these concepts and how some of them are false, but kind of helpful. And it makes sense. Don't eat after seven. When do people eat pizza and ice cream? They don't eat at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no it, one's grabbing a salad at eight, nine o'clock at night watching telly. Exactly. So it's not true, but it's useful. Uh, so that that's an, a helpful way, I think, to think about things. Yeah, that's true. Speak, just coming back to the whole thing you were saying about absolutes, right? You know, another thing I think a lot of people would always say, you know, I'm too old for something. Tell us a story about you and your nana. Last year. So let's get back to the island I was on. So I vis- visited an island in the Philippines called Chargao. Um, I think at the end of March 2019, possibly the start of April 2019. And I kind of got stuck and I was like, I am never leaving this place. Um, and I intended to spend Christmas in the Philippines. And I got a message saying, Nan's not very, Nana isn't very well. And I was like, fuck. 
but she'll be grand. And my brother got very worried. So he messaged me and he's like, I think you need to come home. This is it. She spent a few, a few weeks in hospital. I actually fought this. I knew, I knew Nan and Nan's very stubborn. I couldn't really believe it. So <laughs> everything conspired against me. Uh, a hurricane or sorry, a tropical storm. Is that what it's called? I can't remember what it's called. Um, Typh- not typhoon. Yeah, typhoon yeah. hit the Philippines. And it was a it was devastating to the Philippines. Like people died, like I think like 25 people died or something. Um and it knocked out the electricity. There was no internet. And when the internet came, it was gone. It was it was there, it was gone. So I couldn't book a flight. But I booked a flight with like 12 hours notice. So yeah. I got a flight back to Ireland Christmas Day. Um and I came home and she had lost, she, she had very little independence beforehand. I'd get a message every now and again. And um, it's like, Nan had a fall. And she'd broken her nose or something. And I'm like, oh my God, it looks like someone's beating the shit out of her. Um, so she couldn't really do much. And I got home and I was like, this is bad. So I tried to get her to do a few things like sitting, sitting to stand. And then that, it didn't really take off around Christmas. Um, and then I went back to the Philippines and I was like, "Woo, I'm going back home. Um, and then the pandemic. Hit. So I got home after the pandemic um, and Nana had spent a couple of weeks in hospital a few months prior and she had lost most of her independence. I'm going to say yeah. we were blessed with the, we were blessed with the weather here in Ireland. So what I started to do was, and ma'am, we started to walk Nana around the garden. We're blessed with the garden here. It's like 50 meters long and maybe 15 meters across. Oh. Uh, so maybe she does like an 80 meter walk, which is really nothing for somebody who's maybe our age. But for her, it's 80 it's meters. She's walked in months, if not years. She was always active uh, until a few years ago. And then I decided I'm going to get her a squat. So she's 93. And it started off, I got her to do four sets of three squats. Now, when I say squats, I helped her stand up. So like I put my hands out. So uh, if you have access to YouTube there, Google, uh, or sorry, YouTube, a uh, Hatfield squat, where you hold on to the uprights and you pull yourself up out of the bottom of a squat if you get in trouble or you kind of use a little bit of assistance. You have a safety squat bar on your back. So I was essentially doing that. I was helping her up a little bit. Yeah. The next day we came back instead of doing four sets of three, I think we did five sets of three. So we went from 12 to 15. Then the day after, maybe we did six sets of three. So it was 18, seven sets of three the day after. And then we got to like 10 sets of three and it was like 30 reps. And I was like, this is getting real. Then we moved on to fours. Then we moved on to fives. Then we moved on to sixes, sevens, eights, nines, and tens. Um, So by the end of it, she could do 10. Um, in a row and I got her to do that five times I think so she was doing like 50 maybe six times so 50 to 60 squats I'm going to call them in inverted, inverted commas but within a month or so um, yeah. and it completely changed things and now I'll be just like come on Nan let's do some squats it got to the stage though where she would just associate me with squats she'd be like oh go away from me sit down and rest yourself Keen. just sit down and rest yourself so I had kind of stopped but but mam had taken it 
upon herself to do it as well. So like she had gotten Nan to do, uh, we're going to call them squats again, uh, got, do squats every morning or every second morning. And her independence continued to improve. Now she can sit and stand without any assistance, without pushing off her knees, yeah. like having her hands out in front and sit, stand up from a normal, um, from a normal chair, but not from, say, the couch. The couch is too far for now, but it will fall to trust me. Um, and for however long, maybe a year or two years, my mom and her sisters have been caring for her. So every morning they would dress her. So yeah. she get she wouldn't get out of bed by herself. She would be helped out of bed, and my mother or my aunts would dress her. But what's happened lately is Nan wakes up, Nan gets dressed, and Nan walks over to our house. She lives in the back garden. I promise, there's a house in the back garden. But there is obviously some level of risk there. But we've worked hard on the squat with her that that risk isn't as big. Um, yeah. We still wouldn't like her doing that. We would still probably like to be like to be beside her. But I was outside on the phone one morning and I just see the door open. I see Nan walking out. And I was like, where's ma'am? I just poked my head into her house. Ma'am's not there. I just looked at her she's walking over I don't even think she had a walk her walking stick with her she wouldn't use a walking stick for years and now we eventually got her to use her walking stick she doesn't need a walking stick she can dress herself she can go to the toilet yeah. for herself things that she hadn't been able to do for a year for a couple of years anyway so this year she's coming up to Christmas we have 10 days to go so let's show let's hope she still makes those 10 days but oh my God. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's much better off this year than she was last year or possibly the year before i can see parts of her uh coming back mentally as well um yeah. i'll let you in on a little secret here as well i also have her taking creatine sorry i don't my other brother who's also an online coach uh um have him taking have her taking creatine. so your granny is now a complete gym hunt at 93 Oh, Nana's getting jacked for Christmas. I have like pre-workout order. I have Gymshark leggings. Uh, I've got one of those bar pads so she can start doing hip thrusts uh, and then a full length mirror that she can start taking selfies in. And yeah, like, so she's she launching her Insta page now on, on New Year's. She is and she's uh, she's going to release a PDF of uh, a PDF that you can buy so you can get the same glute program that she's been doing. <laughs> sit out of the chair 60 times that's brilliant though and it shows like that really highlights the benefits of exercise in a actual health perspective do you know what I mean when we were going back to that earlier saying how like they say you want to be healthier but like little things like that for her now that she hasn't been able to for years is probably making the world a difference for her as well I don't think she recognizes what she can do or I don't think she realizes how much better she is but I think that's something we all need to return to. Why are we doing something? We don't just do something purely to, well, we do some things like, wait, say, watch Netflix for purely that moment. But there's very rarely anything that we do we don't really want to get much better at. And when it comes to fitness or to have a, have a positive effect beyond that time, when it comes to fitness, we, we typically do. It's like, oh, I do classes because I enjoy them. But it doesn't give anything else to that person's life. 
at all. Yeah. Whereas if we can think about those whys, it's like, oh, this is really valuable to me. This is like brushing my teeth because I look at my friends. I'm sorry, friends, if you're going to listen to this, but I'm worried for you. So if you're listening to this, please get your act together and start doing some more strength training and real strength training. None of this bullshit classes. Well, I have a lot of friends that are similar. I don't think any of them listen to this podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, but like that. Huh? You can slate them. Yeah, yeah, because I never want them because some of them listen. Um, but like that, I don't think much, many of them invest much in their own health because they don't like value it or they have say also say mental health issues and you're like i'm not saying that exercise will fix it but it can definitely help there's a, than the alcohol yeah we all do these things like escape like escapism through alcohol and stuff like that i think physical and mental health are intricately 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 uh, are closely related uh, and i think they're probably you probably need both i think that there is a requisite level of each that are required for each other so you need to have a requisite level of mental health um to be physically active and to be healthy with that and the same is true of the inverse so you'll see people using exercise inappropriately to a certain degree or like depending on exercise the greatest example actually is is the last lockdown everyone's like oh my god open the gyms mental health i'm like if you need the gym that much, there's way bigger problems on hand. First, yeah. of all, you don't need a gym to exercise. If that was something that was truly valuable to you, you would find a way around it. And it shows other issues with the industry in terms of like autonomy, where there is none. It's like people are, we're creating this culture or this uh, dependency when it comes to uh, being able to use these perfectly designed pieces of equipment mm. i don't think that's very healthy I and mean, we can kind of go into what's healthy as well i don't think taking it to do, two do you think people were using the fitness exercise element as a mask to hide that they really wanted with the community element of it they want to go to the gym go to the class see their mates they see in the gym and they just i think that's a really good question i think yes but no i don't think that that's the biggest thing i think that's part of it but i don't think that is i think it was ego i think it's ego and i think it's to do with their identity and how wrapped up in their identity exercise has become and how that's where they get their self-worth worth from so it's yeah. for girls it might be like my ass i have worked years to develop this ass i am not going to allow this get in the way of my ass and it's all about being able to take uh, take these uh, highly curated images and putting them on social media. Yeah, I, I hate it. I actually hate the fitness industry. I'm sorry. I hate it so much, but I love coaching and I love fitness and health. Yeah, I, I, I totally, I actually, I, I'm the same. Yeah. I absolutely love my job, love what I do. I love work people, helping them. I hate how... I think not so much anymore I think but for a long time like well there is still a lot of it out there whereas if you can take for a girl as enough selfies of your arse and belfies that's what that was for a while remember that 
Um, and then lads, if you have enough ab photos, uh, belfies or bum selfies, just in case you don't know. I'm probably more closest being a girl, but um, you know what I mean? People, you know, you get the likes, you get the clicks, you get people following you, you can sell the shittiest programs to people who then come down the line and end up, say, for instance, maybe after doing three or four of these, getting nowhere, end up with a coach like you. And yeah. you're trying to go, no, we just need to do this, this, this. But, but, but like, you're one here. Or try this workout. And it's something new every single day by your favorite influencer. And 110%, they're not doing that. And they didn't get the, they didn't get their body or they don't maintain their body doing those workouts. There's, yeah. a tech, there's a technology to do that now. So it's come, it's been done in pop videos. They're making the girls look skinnier. And oh, you um, like that. I thought like just the normal like Instagram filters. Yeah. And those oh, filters. You can edit them in terrifying. real time while they're moving. Yeah. Those filters are terrifying. The ones on TikTok as well. I was talking to my nutritionist about just body images, body images mm. like this and going even deeper on it and thinking about like paintings back in the day uh or statues people wouldn't you're not going to accentuate the factors that probably make you you in a gym called marnik and so this girl is on doing i remember doing the right way around so she was doing hip adductions so on that machine doing hip adductions and she's leaning forward and me and this other uh, PT there who just so ha- we were training just so happens to be a bodybuilder asked her why she was doing that and this girl turns around and says uh, oh because it's going to activate my glutes more we said well you're not training your glutes you're doing complete the opposite muscle and she goes well this girl on Instagram who has 250,000 followers told me to do this or told the world to do this so the two of us are like excuse me uh, okay, right, hold on. He's got 8,000 followers. He's a professional bodybuilder. Are you going to listen to him or are you going to listen to the girl with the 2,050 followers who just takes pictures of ours all the day? And I guarantee you, she wasn't filming that video from the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, it's so strange. I think that that goes back to the thing about body image and how we see success and, and our goals. Yeah. If we were to look around our circles of friends, I don't want to blow smoke up our own asses here, but the two of us are probably the fittest out of our group of friends. Like if you get my group of friends, I'm probably the fittest. If we got your group of friends, you're probably the fittest. But if we mm-hmm. open up our phones and we start scrolling on our social media feeds, we are not even in the we're not even in the in the ballpark when it comes to like the fittest people on our social media yeah. feeds. Even if you don't, even if really, really careful with who you put on your social media feed you're still going to have way more people who are in much better shape than you on your social media feed oh yeah and that's kind of how we see the world we what we see becomes normal and if you're looking through social media and you see all these guys and girls with like perfect physiques whatever that means but they have these perfect physiques and then we're to look at things from say 2020 this year 2010 and 2000 uh in 2010 i'm pretty sure instagram was only starting in 2010 there was no snapchat i'm pretty sure there was no filters back then either to edit photos probably required a professional 
app uh, like Photoshop that was hard to get. I don't you think get that on your phone in 2010. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to edit a photo on your phone in 2010. Popularity of sports like bodybuilding weren't weren't as big, mm. which by proxy meant that people didn't know how to pose. They didn't know the, the importance of lighting uh, and they didn't know how to manipulate these photos in the moment. So they didn't know that uh, if they did uh, five sets of 10 push-ups superseted with curls or whatever, they would get an upper body pump and they would look bigger for a couple yeah. of moments if they had better lighting overhead and if they use a spray bottle and if they also took performance enhancing drugs but didn't tell you about that and they had the resources available to train three hours a day five times a week and mm-hmm. um, sleep eight hours a night have all their meals prepped for them and have everything manipulated for those photos take a thousand of them and choose five work on their nutrition so like with like manipulating their carbohydrate intake their salt intake all this stuff for that photo and then then add a filter yeah and then add a filter and then and so i think it's actually i think i think the process is take the photo or photos or videos and take screenshots from that take the best Mm -hmm. one then you edit the photo I know a girl who won't put a photo up online unless it's edited, and then it goes through a filter, a filter, or they filter it in the editing app. Yes, something like that can be, yeah. You can edit, and sometimes then you put it on, you can go to post it to give you the filters. Yeah. Um, Do you know, do you know you can filter videos now? Like maybe you've got a nose that's a bit bigger than normal, and that's one of your most defining features. When you pay an artist to... Uh, make something that stands the test of time when there's no pictures around they're probably going to make your nose a bit prettier or whatever it may be uh, i'm not saying for a second you got a big nose chrissy uh, i know i got a, i got a crush by horse several years ago anyway <laughs> <laughs> i used a much bigger nose so if we think about things like that it's just crazy what we're seeing with body image and people are we are we're not we're also not seeing things that like things like genetics, we're also not seeing the years of work that goes into it. One of my big peeves that I kind of have to partake in is like these transformation things. You can't really change somebody's mind until you've sold them into something. But if somebody looked at me and I don't think, for the record, I don't think I'm strong. Um, I don't think I'm in great shape at all. But if somebody looks at some of the stuff I do, some things I do, I do are, could be considered impressive or semi-impressive i suppose uh like this morning i did reverse lunges and i did 110 kilos um and that's like three months after my acl tear so someone would look at that's really (laughs) impressive and that's it like i have a client who's doing reverse lunges at the minute and he did his reverse lunges uh either either earlier in that morning or yesterday and he did 70 kilos and he was pissed off when he saw that i did 110 i'm like Mm -hmm. I've been doing these for like six years, I think, longer, because I figured out that I needed to do more lunges. Um, I get I get that a lot as well, or even, say, at the start of the year, I started running. Yeah. And the amount of times, like, say, I run a 10K or I ran 16 once or whatever, and people are like, oh, my God, how do you do that? I was like, I've been doing this since January. I started with two. I kept going until it got more and more and more. But the amount of times that, oh my God, I could never do that. You've never tried. Obviously you're not going to go 
around 110k but I get that I get that weight as well because I lift quite heavy for a girl they're like what and I'm like yeah but I've been training in gym since I was 19 18 17 something like that 17 I think actually so that's 12 years I hate that phrase as well I'm strong for a girl I was like you're just strong but um I think that brings up a very important point as well that you can skip the stage of being shit you need to accept it and you need to embrace it it also means that like the only tra- trajectory is up my most recent two of my most recent uh relearnings or re 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 relearnings of that have been my knee injury but before that surfing and that's probably a better uh reflection or a better example when i got to that island in the philippines it's called the surf capital of the philippines mm. it's like you need to start you need to surf fine I think I was a bit afraid, uh, but I did want to do it. And I thought because I was athletic or as I tell myself, I'm, a, I'm athletic, I would take to it like a duck to water. Uh, I took to it like a block of cement to water. <laughs> and I went on a lesson um, and I think the lesson was a big part about why I didn't enjoy it because it was meant to be a one-on-one lesson, but he brought two people. Uh, and then afterwards he was... He was trying to get me to go the next day. And then the other guy who did the lesson, who was much, much better than me. So also like the same thing about individualization. So uh, I couldn't get what I needed out of the lesson because the other guy yeah. was surfing more challenging waves and I wasn't really getting any attention. The guy who was better than me turns and goes, oh, Kean, don't be, don't be like that. It's like, are you afraid to come back tomorrow? And stupid old me goes, I'm not afraid. I'll be back here at 7 a.m. tomorrow or 6 a.m. And I was, I was back and I went yeah. again. And I was in bits. I couldn't raise my arms up over my shoulders. Um, it was pain and pain and pain and pain. But that was the end of my surfing for the foreseeable. I just didn't like it. But I'd see my friends. My friends loved surfing. I'd be talking about the surf. I'd just be sat in the outskirts of the circle. And I'd be like, fucking talking about surfing again. Stupid. Um, and eventually I said... I'm going to try it again. So I started going more frequently, but I didn't feel comfortable. Um, I felt unwelcomed. It was like really intimidating. I didn't want to take a wave that was somebody else's. I didn't want to waste a wave. Uh, I was um, afraid I was going to embarrass myself. I even went uh, surfing one day with a girl I had a thing for, and I was terrified. I I was paralyzed by fear, and I couldn't even... uh, bring myself to actually take away so I'd go through the motions and try to take one I was like oh damn it I missed it but I just felt like I I felt pathetic after that and a couple of things happened Uh, I had a few bad really bad wipeouts and I was trying to surf I say I was surfing I was uh, uh, I was getting smashed by waves that were much taller than I am that I had no business even trying to surf Um, Hmm. one day my board got ripped off my ankle (laughs) actually two days I realized that that happened because I didn't really commit to trying to get the wave Mm. and I started to just become more committed to it I wasn't motivated to do it I really didn't want to I would stay awake all night like terrified my heart beating beating through my chest and eventually I started to kind of get it a bit more and I came up with these kind of things like oh you need to try to paddle onto one of the first three waves that you possibly can. If you start to paddle onto it, you need to paddle like your life depends on it. And that those two rules, I think, changed everything for me. And I slowly yeah. but surely started to be able to do it. 
and I'm not good at surfing. I'm actually pretty damn bad. Um, but I became more competent that I could stand up, that I could start turning left. Still can't turn right, which is weird, but I love it now. And if yeah. I could do one thing, it would be surf. I'd be all, it wouldn't be surf here, although I did that last December, or sorry, last mm-hmm. January here in Ireland. When I came home, I was like, I, I started freaking out when I was leaving. I was in the airport and I was like, oh my God, I've just spent six months trying to surf. I'm going to lose it all. So I was on the flight. I was pissed off that I had to come home, but I was happy that I was going home because I was going to see my Nana. And I messaged a group of surfers that I didn't know. And I was, I saw that they were doing New Year's up in Bundor and I was like, I'm in. And I just, I paid on the way. <laughs> I'm going to Bundor. So once I got home, I seen everybody. I went to Bundor and I remember I got a, I got like a foamy um, and I was trying to get out the back and I couldn't get out the back because I was on a foamy and you can't duck dive them. Next day I got a, an actual board and I got back out the back and then I realized yeah. that everybody had left. They had, all, they had all gone back, gotten out with their wetsuits and they're like, Ken, Ken, they're just shouting at me from the shore. Come on in. And I was like, oh, people are finished. I don't know. They're like 30 minutes ago. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but like a pig in shit. And now I love surfing. And I think that's a big thing that people need to realize that you're going to be shit at things at the start. And you need to accept mm. and not freak out about it as much, but just keep going. You don't hate the gym. Yeah. You don't hate training. You don't hate weight training. You don't hate the big, scary free weights area. It's because you're shit at it. It's because you haven't yeah. done it. It's like, you know, when you're a kid and you learn to walk. I don't remember that really, but well, uh, like I don't particularly remember it myself. But you don't stop going. You're just like you know, because you don't care about what other people are gonna think when you're eight nine months old. Yeah, that's perfect. That's that's actually perfect. You don't care what people think as well. And yeah, I, it was part of the biggest. I think they were some of the biggest, um, the biggest barriers for me. I had all these like limiting beliefs. These things are just pervasive with everybody. I can't do that. Why can't you? Yeah. Well, like I can't squat a hundred kilos. Have you tried? Can you? Uh, it's like, can you squat ten kilos? Yeah, but I want to squat a hundred. But you haven't squatted ten yet. Like you haven't done enough reps of ten to do twenty, to do thirty, to do forty, and so on, and so on. So it's just yeah. a game. Like, yeah, no one breaks it down. Yeah, and everyone wants this. Everyone wants like nobody's. I don't think every anybody's ever like got something in a shorter period than they want, would like. It's never been fast enough. Like if you lost 10 yeah. kilos in a month, you'd want 20. If you yeah. gained a kilo every, if you gained a kilo every month, um, I gained a kilo of muscle every month for a year and you did that for two years, 24 kilos of muscle. It's not going to happen. It's like not unless you're on gear, but Let's just say even half. Let's say it was a year. If you gain a kilo yeah. a month, that's fucking unbelievable. But people wouldn't be happy about that. They would want two two kilos. And if it was two kilos, they'd want four kilos or three kilos. Or if they got one kilo one month and they only got 0.5 the next month, they'd be like, why did I only do that much? And you're like, well, it's still progress, but it's not what I wanted. Yeah. It's not what I did last month. And it can't go on forever as well. Diminishing returns will will happen. But mm. that's also the point of a lot of it. You don't want to have to do a lot of the stuff you have, you're you doing right now. I don't want to have to stretch for an hour before I do some of my gymnastics stuff. But I need to because if I don't stretch, I won't be able to get into those positions. 
it all it all matters and what you're aiming for, isn't it? Exactly. You think that's another issue? Right, people don't set goals. They just or they have this arbitrary number in their head or they're like, This is what I want, but it's not for them. So 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 and so down the road lost twenty pounds, so and so is three or four stone heavier for you. That's great. You know? Yeah. Why I, can't I lose twenty pounds? You don't have twenty pounds to lose. You won't see if you turn sideways. Yeah, I think that there's a few different things there. Like I think part of that is like they just uh a lack of understanding of like, oh well well she's fifty eight kilos or 57 kilos whatever it is i want to be 57 kilos whereas they don't want actually... two you're six foot yeah they don't want they, they don't want that thing they want to look a similar way or they want to be as confident as that person whatever it may be we also kind of look at it as uh, something to do or like an achievement that we need to uh, achieve and it's like external then yeah. the opposite of that would be trying to become somebody else or somebody who does it so with the surfing example of me it would be i would like to be a surfer i wouldn't consider myself a surfer but if i'm back in my other home i would be surfing three to five times a week i would say mm. um, so if somebody looked at me and asked the question is he a surfer i'm walking around with my surfboard every day they would probably say he's a surfer we kind of need that balance between like doing something for the sake of it versus the achievement me going yeah. surfing is a success it doesn't matter how the surf goes but if i go surfing it's reinforcing the behavior uh it's reinforcing the identity of me as a surfer yeah. then we look at like our whys our values as well why is that important to you uh, what does that actually do what are your values and you can think of it i use two two analogies um the first uh, shotgun and a target so if you have a shotgun pellet you've got all these little pellets in the or sorry, shotgun um, cartridge you've got all these little pellets in the cartridge and you shoot it at a target but the pellets spray out so some of these things will hit the target some of them will hit it in the center and some of them will miss the target mm -hmm. and everybody will say has the same cartridge with the same things in it sleep eight hours don't eat like a dickhead uh, strength train twice a week whatever it may be and yeah. we're trying to get as many of those things inside the target as we possibly can some of them won't be important for that person uh, and another one would be like a painting analogy um where there's kind of two painting analogies sorry the first one is if you think of a surat painting which is uh, pointillism so yeah. he puts a, a point of paint on the canvas if you look at that singular point of paint you're like that is shit that's all for how many million i can do that but you can't even see the full painting. You're just seeing one point of uh, one point yeah. of paint. And even if you see like all the points of paint around that, you're like, anybody could do that. And a lot of, with a, with a lot of a mo lot of modern art. And that's probably why like influencers are so important because, or sorry, so successful. It's because people just don't know. Um, but if you take the full step back and look at that Surat painting, you can see that it's a person. You're like, yeah, that's art. That's worth millions. And then the other one, other analogy would be that the fitness industry creates people who paint by numbers versus artists. So we don't actually learn how to paint. We're just like, fill in these, fill in this line with color 17, fill in this area with color 18 and 19, yeah. and that will shade in. Whereas if we actually taught someone how to actually shade and blend those colors, they would understand it.
And if they yeah. can understand it, they can do it away by themselves. So they have this autonomy. So we have all this thing with regards to goal. James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, is life-changing if you haven't read it. And not just read it, but implement it. Um, and think about that uh, identity and how big yeah. a part of your identity um, we'll call them your health and fitness behaviors are because if they're all you are <laughs> you're kind of fucked like yeah it's not very fun to I it probably is very fun for you because you're so lost in it but if your life is just abs and lifting every single day it's kind of boring and a little bit pathetic isn't it I don't want to say pathetic but I would say boring yeah uh i don't i don't like to like put that label on or any type of label on anyone like i could say the same like someone who goes drinking six days a week it's boring and thing but, but i definitely would say boring i'm trying to think about like me and like i know i while i haven't gotten into that level of it i know i would i would consider some of those stuff pathetic because i know i've done some of them like i know mm. that a big part of how I would have saw myself, my self-concept was wrapped up in being an athlete. In DCU, I remember getting uh, these surveys um, to help out with final year projects, I think in sports psychology, I imagine, where they asked about, oh, check this box. Do you identify as an athlete? I'd be like, yes. Well, yeah. I'm not an athlete. I'm definitely not an athlete. My body doesn't pay my bills. But this was kind of the warped perception that I had. And in a sense, as weird as this sounds, I say pathetic in the most compassionate way possible. Yeah. Um, I think you're more than that. You just might not know it right now. And you've just made a couple of choices that you thought made sense. It goes back to the dosage, uh, the dosage analogy I made with the types of interventions or types of drugs or types of uh, how we design an intervention for somebody or a program that's holistic. It's just become toxic. If we look at other other uh, cultures, or we call them cultures with identity, with massive components of identity, like veganism, carnivore, CrossFit, they're all insufferable. And it's, it's like that with people as well. So if you just define yourself so narrowly as the fitness guy or the fitness girl or whatever it may be, or you take all your self-worth from that, what are you going to do when that gets taken away from you? What are you going to do in 10 years time? Will you still be that fitness guy when you're 50 and 60 or 70? I think that life is about way more than that. And yeah. in a roundabout way, we need, to, we really need to examine our values and what the meaning of life is for us and not to be so narrow, I suppose. And that's what I mean when I say pathetic, I don't mean it in a, I don't mean it as a diss or a, or, yeah no that makes that makes sense yeah that's good the way it is just your uh your way of vocalizing stuff sometimes it comes across a bit blunt oh i think we're we're similar in that sense that we can be a bit yeah. blunt yeah too but, blunt. Uh, no, you explained that really really well and i actually think as well that's a good place to wrap up perfect thanks again for coming on Kane. would you want to let everyone know where they can find you on your socials so find me at Kean Zero Brian on Instagram or KFS Online Coaching or KFS Online Coaching. I actually changed the handle. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll find me on both of those. My personal is a 
significantly more active because why would Instagram or Facebook give us free reaches as small businesses? Very true. So that's why if you're a coach listening to this, I would recommend posting on your personal page. And as ever, you can still find me on Instagram at Chrissy H Fitness. And I'm also still buzzing about on TikTok as Chrissy H Fit. So thanks everyone for listening again today. And thank you again, Keen, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to see. It was a great chat. Thank you again for listening to Why Not. Please hit that subscribe button or leave a review. And if you have any suggestions or feedback, feel free to hit me up on social media.